0: As a creative entrepreneur, things like finances and business back end don't always come easy, but that does not mean that you have to let it define you as a business owner. You can take action and take baby steps to learn to get better. And today's episode is going to help you do just that. Hello, Sunshine, and welcome back to the Gold Biz Podcast with me, your host, Rachel Traxler. This is part two of our two-part series with Val. First, we talked about the work-life balance, and part two here, we're talking about finances, which may seem kind of weird, but these two topics directly go hand-in-hand with each other, and the more you listen through this episode, you'll hear and understand why. But before we dive in, make sure that you're entered into this month's giveaway by leaving a review on the Gold Biz Podcast. So each month I pick a winner to receive things from my shop or resources, merch, coaching, et cetera, and you can be entered in each new month by just leaving a new review. So all you have to do is leave a review. Okay, Val, you're back. This is part two of our little two part series. So first we talked about work life balance. That was a beautiful episode. And if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it because it was really, really good, which I also think is going to tie really well into finances. Actually, just because we spoke a little bit about how it can become addictive to work all the time and be really consumed in our work and what we do, which in return can become addictive just to make more money. But How can we make sure we're not always prioritizing money over work-life balance, et cetera, all of those things? So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about in today's episode now. And I think everyone has maybe different definitions of success in terms of life and business and just within finances too. So how do you suggest someone find their own definition of success within the realm of finances?
1: Yeah. So I think it's really helpful to think about your personal life budget and lifestyle and spending habits and all of that, which so many people don't want to have a budget and are resistant to even thinking about it. So don't tune me out yet. (laughs) But knowing what you want to spend in your life and how you want to live your life, that influences how much you need to make in your business. And so I think first we have to start with that. And that has to also be influenced by our overall definition of success and thinking, okay, if you want to take a month off every year and that's a part of your definition of success, then that has to affect your finances. And you have to understand like the implications, like how can you have enough to cover that time if you're not bringing any money in? So once we make those definitions and really understand what that means in a dollar amount, then we can, you know, formulate our business and our booking around that.
0: Yes, that is such a good point. And also, to something that I even relate with, too, as you're saying, because my husband and I, we call ourselves snowbirds now because in the winter, we go down to Florida and kind of do take a month down there. And it's how I'm planning around that. And I still do a little bit of work while I'm there, just serving my coaching students and communications and stuff like that. But I kind of plan it around heavy booking season and almost like my marketing plan too. So it's like if I can hit it hard with my marketing and in this month, then I can relax a little bit in this month and just planning around that. And I think a lot of photographers have a busier season. And for us in the Midwest, it's usually the fall. For me anyways, I'm speaking from my own personal experience, but it's almost like we're so crazy busy, busy in the fall doing all these things. That it's okay, and people are always like, "How can I make more money in the slow season? How can I fill up my time in the slow season?" Like, it's maybe okay that you don't because you just got off the busy season. You know, you did hit it hard with a lot of stuff, and maybe you did financially make enough to make you help you get through that. And so, I think that's something to to look at. And everyone's so different. Your numbers are different, and your goals are different. And we also have to remember is that everyone's different. So not looking at other people to
1: even yeah mm-hmm. yeah and even thinking about the slow season i think a lot of times people are in that situation where they think they need more work in the slow season because they didn't set any money aside in their busy season and I've actually heard a lot of stories of people who have this like huge month cause they have all these weddings and all this money coming in and they spend it all. They're like, oh, I gave myself a big bonus. And and then in January I was like, what am I gonna do? Like, there's a reason for that. Right. <laughs> so we need to have a plan, you know? We need to have a structure for our money that protects us from that. And I think the first step to that is having a consistent paycheck instead of one that fluctuates. So not giving yourself massive bonuses in your busy season, but letting that fill in throughout your slow season.
0: That's a good point too, because then it's almost like you're not going to feel stressed about it because you know it's the overflow is there and it doesn't fluctuate as much. And that's like almost like a boundary that you need to set with yourself too, because it could probably be really exciting when you're like, oh, I didn't make anything this month. And then I had a really, really good month this month and yeah, having it be more consistent. I think that's really important. What are some ways that people can feel, I know you said keeping that so people can be more consistent throughout slow season, but is there anything else throughout slow season that you would give suggestion on?
1: Yeah. So for planning for it, I think it all comes back to having a structure for your income. And not just having one bank account where everything sits and it's hard to know, like, what that's supposed to go toward. Like, if you can pay yourself, if you can give yourself a raise, like, there's too many questions when it's all just in one big lump. Mm -hmm. And so, really, what I teach my students and what I live and has completely changed my life is really the concept of Profit First, which is a really great book. So, anybody who hasn't read it, at least listen to it. (laughs) Essentially, you are putting all of your money into four categories and you're separating it from the minute it comes into your account so that you are making sure you have money to pay your taxes, to cover your bills, to pay yourself. And then the whole concept of profit first is that you also are setting money aside as a bonus for you. And I think a lot of times we think managing money responsibly means that you don't get to benefit from it as much, but that's actually the opposite. When you have this plan and you put them in the buckets, the profit becomes your bonus as the owner. And then it also is a safeguard. It's kind of an emergency fund for if 2020 happens again. (laughs) And I was gonna say,
0: that's like a perfect leading because something I wanted to ask you, like a lot of photographers are unsure about paying themselves, how to pay themselves, can you speak into like, new what system, formula, or programs that you like to use to make sure that people can confidently pay themselves like on a regular basis or on a consistent or even, I don't want to use the word correct, but just maybe in a system in a, in a way that maybe is easier or better than what
1: people are doing? Totally. Yeah, there's not necessarily a right, mm-hmm. but it's all about kind of using percentages. Yeah, And so if you have an idea, we have to take all the things into account our work life balance like our booking numbers and you know what we need to cover our bills and so we want to find the percentages that are going to cover those things so i have spreadsheets that will help you do this essentially you're you're putting in like the quantities of your offerings how many you want to do every year and then you'll see how that goes into those four categories and that can show you in the salary cal- category how much you could pay yourself throughout a full year and then you would just divide that by 12 and so then what you end up doing is you put that percentage so when you bring money in you separate it into those accounts so there's going to be four different bank accounts because it just makes your life way easier (laughs) it might seem funny if you've never done that before but it is literally i have so many different bank accounts because it's just clear (laughs) we need that when numbers are not our strong suit right Yeah. so once you have that, you're putting that money into the salary account and it stays there and you have a set amount that you pay yourself monthly. And I have mine as an automatic transfer. So I don't even have to think about it. It's like direct deposit. It just yeah. automatically goes into my account and I don't touch that account otherwise. So that money stays there so that it's building up. You're going to have a lot more money in the account, that account in the summer and fall for Midwest. And then you'll be working through it, continuing to pay yourself in the slow season. So the only way to know what that number is, is to look at a year at a time. So use my spreadsheet, the annual estimator to put in those numbers of what you did last year even, or what you're projected to do this year to see, okay, what could I pay myself if I did this percentage? So what often happens is that unfortunately, a lot of times people are spending too much on their business, And that's why they're not able to pay themselves as much. And so we kind of have to rein that in. It's a balance. It's just like work-life balance. You need the balance of prioritizing yourself and your business. So you need to pay yourself as well. So sometimes that means we have to get rid of some subscriptions or maybe not buy every course that comes our way. It may be a little bit painful at first to do that. But then all of the things that you can do with your money when you do set intention like that, it's life-changing. It really is. It feels like restriction, but it's actually freedom. Yes. And there's so much empowerment
0: too in in knowing your numbers and being confident in them Mm -hmm. and where
1: your money's going too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It helps you to make really wise decisions in your business. I mean, if you have a bank account, especially let's say it's September or October, if you just have one bank account, there's probably a whole heck of a lot of money in there. And so you're like, oh, I'm going to invest in this $10,000 mastermind. And then you won't be able to pay yourself in March. But unless you have a system for that and a way to project that, you wouldn't know. And so what I've created also is another spreadsheet that helps you to know exactly how far you can go, like how many months you can pay yourself and how many months you can cover your business expenses? Because it is so hard to make decisions based on just a big lump sum, and we usually make the wrong. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's like there's a time and a place for certain things, and I always say like, "What's the ROI going to be on every investment?" You know, there's a time and place that you need gear that you need new photography gear sure, but you need the new flashy things. Is this actually going to like move your business forward? Like, is this actually what you are investing in going to then help you actually bring more money and more business in, in the future? Cause then it's a good ROI. It's a good investment. And sometimes it's yes. And sometimes it's no. And knowing that, and then in combination of knowing your numbers, that's just, that's,
1: where making powerful business decisions comes from. Right. Totally. And I think even a part of that too, is that again, there's going to be somebody who's listening, who's like, well, but I want to have the most up-to-date equipment. That's really important to me. And I say, great, just plan for it. Have a plan for it. (laughs) Like you can have those priorities. And if you do want to do a $10,000 mastermind, great, but know what it's going to take for you to be able to afford that and what that means for your personal life. And if that means you're not gonna pay yourself for three months, you gotta weigh that. And I think a lot of times when we're making those decisions because we don't have those details, because we don't either have the tools or no one's ever taught us, that's a huge one. And I just wanna say, like, if anybody is listening and feeling just very overwhelmed and guilty about what you haven't done, just hear me say that you've probably never been taught and you just have to start down that path And you are capable. Even if you're not a numbers person, my story is probably the same as whoever is feeling the worst right now (laughs) listening to this. Like I just, I spent way too much. I owed a bunch of back taxes and just so many things where I did a lot of things the wrong way because I didn't have a system and I didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And so truly, I say this all the time, but it's really real. If I can get my money under control and then somehow be the one teaching (laughs) others you can figure it out. You you probably need some help and that's okay. Like it's not going to come naturally to everybody. Yeah. You know?
0: And some really cool inspiration too, just hearing you talk Val is people in areas of expertise, like you with like work-life balance and finances. And I hate the word experts, but that are really passionate and good about at something now is because at one point they were so terrible at it. Yes. And like, and they failed miserably. I was especially that way with my business, the back end of it, the foundation, the client experience part of it, it, I didn't have one. And so like that's why I'm so passionate about speaking about it is because at one point I was so terrible at it. And so it's motivation and inspiration to know that if you are feeling, you're listening to this and you're feeling like you're really, really not good at it, that yes, you can become a master at it. And that goes for anything. And anyone speaking and teaching on a topic too just to remember at one point that was their weakest and that's why they're so good at it now. But going back to like organizing finances and stuff like that, what type of, you said you have different accounts and I kind of have that the way that setup is similar and stuff too, but what type of bank accounts and maybe organization should photographers have to make sure that they are running things clean and profitable and all
1: that? So I would set up a minimum of four bank accounts. Ideally, I should just say a minimum of five. So you would have one that's for your income. So all of your money comes into that account and then you disperse it into the other four. So you're going to have salary, you're going to have taxes, you're going to have business and then profit. And you want to set percentages for those so that it's easy. You just put it into a calculator and you transfer that money. And then I would say for photographers specifically, you also need to have, well, wedding photographers, maybe family might need this, maybe not. It just depends. But for wedding photographers, especially, you need to have an expense account that is just for wedding expenses or so I call it the job expense account. So if someone pays you in full a year before, you're going to have to pay a second shooter. You're going to have to purchase the album or whatever it is you include. You want to set that money aside so that it's very clear that you can't use it. So part of my story was I had not enough money to buy an album that someone paid me for a year before. Yeah. And so I had to build a system around that. Yep. So you want to have at least those five bank accounts And you want to have the percentages, which I can help you figure out what those should be. And then from there, you just want to have some sort of tool where you are tracking those things and then projecting. So a lot of times people think if they have a bookkeeper and a tax accountant, they're good. Like finances are good. But actually, you want to be planning ahead and knowing what it's going to take for you to book the numbers that you need to book. And then... Really, that gives you the empowerment to say when enough is enough, which directly influences your work-life balance, your ability to say no. That's why I love topics. They seem like they're completely
0: opposite, but they are not. They go hand-in-hand right along with each other. What should, for people listening be like, yeah, I know nothing about finances. I don't know where to start, what to do. What are some numbers as a photographer and just business owner that we should be paying attention to and tracking?
1: Yeah. So, well, you definitely want to track all of your spending. You want to know exactly what you're spending money on. And so I think usually the first step I take with people is to just outline their overhead. This is the money that you're spending in your business, regardless of how many clients you have. So a website hosting, if you pay for Canva, all the things that it doesn't matter how many clients you have, you still have to pay it know that number because that's your overhead. That is what your business percentage needs to cover. So starting there to know your overhead, and then you want to understand what you want to pay yourself. And then the number that I think kind of brings that together is how many weddings or how many of each offering do you need to book in order to cover those things? Mm -hmm. that gives you a guide for what your goals are for your booking. Not just, oh, well, I saw this person did 50 weddings a year. That sounds like they're really popular. So I want to do that. Right. Right. (laughs) But maybe actually, if you are having more of your premium clients and you have a higher rate, you can do less weddings to hit those numbers. So if you know those numbers, you can make those decisions, choose to have that balance, choose to serve people well, and pay yourself at the same time.
0: Yes. And you know what's really cool too, just to even think beyond even what you just said, knowing all that, having that, knowing your numbers, knowing how much you have to book, and then knowing to hit that number what your marketing plan needs to look like. You know what I mean? Like moving forward from that, like, okay, I only need to book two more weddings, that means I can really ease up on my marketing and I don't have to be on social media every day. I don't have to be doing these things. Or on the flip side, I need to book 15 more weddings. How am I going to get there? How am I mapping out in my content and marketing plan? And so like, it all just trickles into play. There's so many moving parts to obviously just running a business and stuff. But yeah, it starts with kind of like knowing that and having that solid foundation and almost the shiny things, which I can consider like marketing and branding and all that stuff. It almost comes
1: later a little bit because you have to know these foundations first. Right. Absolutely. I think money, your finances just affect everything. And the unfortunate truth is that most photographers are not doing anything with their finances.
0: Because we're creatives. We're right brain We are creative entrepreneurs. And most of us aren't numbers people. And you have to almost train yourself like you did, Val, to be that so you can be a better business owner, so you can be a better partner, so you can serve people more.
1: Yes, it all plays together. Oh
0: my goodness. And I feel like that's just a good way to just tie it all together to both of these topics and this episode and all that too is having that solid foundation and knowing and being empowered in those things. Everything else kind of happens and, and falls into place after that. So I think that's really. Cool. But is there any final piece of advice that you have to leave us with on this topic?
1: I would say just start somewhere and believe that you're capable. Like those two things, like it's scary. It just is. And it's, it's hard. It's hard work. And it's okay that it's hard because the good stuff comes from the hard work. And I think a lot of times we're very resistant to that. And we just want to like stay in our little bubble of not being a numbers person, but your business is going to last so much longer. And you are going to last longer in your business. If you actually pay yourself, if you actually know your numbers and you don't have to do it alone, you don't have to just figure it out. There are resources out there, read profit first, DM me. We will talk about it. I have a course now to help people get started into it. It's totally worth it. It can completely change the trajectory of your business.
0: Oh, yes. And I believe that wholeheartedly and and it will too. And I just think that's a really good reminder to for today to just take listen to this episode, to take action. This is just start really small. If maybe one little piece of this episode stood out to you, just start with that. Just take little baby steps even if that is just looking at your accounts or separating creating more accounts within your bank account or even just looking at starting a spreadsheet or looking at resources and just start small. You don't have to be all in and have it figured out by the end of this episode. It's and it's ever changing like you're always learning in your business. So it's not something you feel like You're never always going to have business fully figured out. Things are always changing. So it's like approach it with that mindset too of like, if I can just take a small baby step today to get better towards that goal, that's a good day. Well, thank you so much, Val. This was such a fun little two-part series. I think we're all so well together hand in hand. It was just a joy to have you on. I feel like you're so knowledgeable. You have so much experience, and you've just been awesome. So thank you
1: so much. Thank you. I hope that it's encouraging. That's that's my biggest hope that people feel like they can do it.
0: Oh, and I feel encouraged after both episodes. So I'm assuming other people will too. Good, good, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Val. Yeah, thanks. All right, wrapping up this two part series, I really hope you're leaving feeling inspired to take back control of your life and your business boundaries, and also just take action and feeling more confident in your finances too. But also, no, just as a reminder, this will not happen overnight. So don't be hard on yourself. Any baby steps you can take to help you get closer to your own definition of success. Is a beautiful thing in my books. And that looks so wildly different for everyone, whether that be that you want to take on more work or you want to cut back, whatever that is or anything in between, you can take small action today and that will be considered a big win in my opinion. So I really hope that this, you found these episodes insightful and inspirational i'm cheering you on as always and if you have any questions you can always let me know but if you loved these episodes or this episode in particular make sure to screenshot and share it to your stories and tag me at rachel traxler so i can see which episodes you're loving the most and then also share the love in return as well and as always i appreciate you so much keep shining and we'll see you next time